International House of Horrors. Guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast. Your sanctuary is spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I'm one of your curators here at the house, Joe Merle. And I'm Josh. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I almost said Happy Thanksgiving, but I realized <laughs> that doesn't work in our relationship. <laughs> we, we don't celebrate invading other countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't expect many other countries to uh, celebrate it. Even though I will say when I was in the service, when I was in the Navy, I one Thanksgiving I was in Panama down in Central America. And yeah. there were a few restaurants that offered a Thanksgiving style dinner because of just how many American tourists visit there. So they ah, still yeah. are, so you still see some things, you know, not Yeah. We we know about it. It's also like in in movies and TV shows. But oh yeah, we we just don't. Uh, yeah, there's there, there's no reason for us to celebrate it. Well, you and <laughs> we, I we talk, do. That's what we did last year, right? Was uh, Thanksgiving? Did we do Thanksgiving? Uh, n- no, I think we talked about it, but oh, I didn't. don't know if that movie is available over here at all. So I've uh, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I was talking about it with Phil. That movie's greater. Are you and uh, I talking about be. Poultry Geist? Oh, we might have. I don't remember. I'm I'm but not yeah, sure. There is a lot of Thanksgiving in the movies. That is for <laughs> sure. Not a lot of movies solely around Thanksgiving. There's a handful. Not as many as Christmas or Halloween, but there's still a few. Yeah. You know, planes, trains, and automobiles. The Oath I just watched, which is a, a newer movie with um, Tiffany Haddish in it. Very political movie. It was all right. It wasn't very good, though. But there's not <laughs> okay. as many Dutch as a Thanksgiving movie. Not quite as many, but yeah. So I will not say happy Thanksgiving to you. You have your, your own giving of something else, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we, we have like something that is... Um, well, we, we have this one that I kind of... It's also got thanks in the name. It's uh, Antedank, which means like uh, thanks for the... Um, what, what's it called when you like get get stuff? Uh, like um, uh, you, you plant stuff in the in the... Uh, uh, early on, and then you uh, take it out later on. To take like oh, uh, like a time capsule? No, no, just uh, actual plants. Um, wh- like what's what's the like what what farmers do? They they plant and then oh, at the okay, end, the uh, harvest. The harvest, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, thanks for the harvest is the translation of the so you have, you have pagan rituals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that I said fucking time capsule. Like, you guys are, like you guys are, every we year you're digging up a different time capsule. It's been going on. <laughs> that, that would be a great idea for like a holiday. Like just <laughs> time capsule. Bur- bury something new every year and unbury something right, from 20 right, years ago. Right. I like that idea. That would be uh, that'd be a lot of fun. But yes, we are coming off of Thanksgiving just a couple days ago. It's always nice to get together. You get everyone together, all your family, and sit around and have a great big meal. Say, uh, watch some football. Watch the Lions lose once again. That is my <laughs> favorite football team will always be, but man, they're not a good team. It sucks year after year. But uh, yeah, so things have been good, and I know... Well, you know what? Let's do our Twilight Zone, then we'll get into... Because I wanted to talk to you a little bit. You told me you just watched a bunch of Star Wars, so I want to talk a little bit <laughs> yeah. about Star Wars. 
Um, All right, so we're going to kick it off with Twilight Zone like we do every week. This is episode 26 of season one. It is titled Execution, and its original air date was April 1st, 1960. And here is our opening narration. Commonplace of somewhat grim, unsocial event known as a necktie party. The guest of dishonor, a cowboy named Joe Caswell, just a moment away from a rope, a short dance several feet above the ground, and then the dark eternity of all evil men. Mr. Joe Caswell, who when the good Lord passed out a conscience, a heart, a feeling for fellow men, must have been out for a beer and missed out. Mr. Joe Caswell, in a last quiet moment of a violent life. Yes, so uh, this episode in Germany has a totally different title. In Germany, it's called uh, The Time Machine, Die Zeitmaschine. Oh, really? And uh, Yeah, and I, I don't know if that title is better or worse than the other i i, I think it's worse I, yeah i like execution a lot more for this uh because, because I think that's what it's actually about it, it is about an execution and i do feel that it that's the you know ties better into what i think is the main theme yeah. which is you can't escape your own evil nature you know for yeah, both exactly. of these men and we're kind of getting right to the end now before we even get anything in between <laughs> But for both of these men, they no matter what they tried to do to escape the evil that they were internally, they uh, they couldn't get away from it. And I do want to point out, though, that Russell Johnson, I love that he played the professor. And for those of you who don't know, Russell Johnson was the professor on Gilligan's Island for many, oh. many, many, many years. Uh, in this one, he plays Professor Mannion. And then Albert. Um, th- this was before uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this Gilligan's before Island, Gilligan's right? Island. Yep. Okay, so it was actually a coincidence, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it was kind of, it was kind of fantastic, yeah. I, and I like him a lot. He's always good. Uh, all right, so the episode itself, we open up, and how many have we had any of the Western episodes yet? Uh, yeah, we had like the uh, Mister Donton on Doomsday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, how and dry I am. <laughs> and I think that's. Uh, I, I feel like we had another one, but I can't think of it, so maybe not. Yeah, the Western culture was really popular at the time. I mean, you had all the yeah. radio plays of the 30s and 40s, then leading into all of your Western TV shows in the 50s. So, and also the John Wayne movies were right around that time, oh, right? Yeah. And then yeah. later on in the like the, the spaghetti Western from Italy, that was like the late 60s, right? I uh, know the early 60s, but like... Kind of in the 60s. Bit, yeah. In the 60s, in yeah, the 60s, but after the Twilight in, Zone. Right, leading into the 70s. Yeah. So this is not the last Western episode we will see. I actually have a couple of the, actually just one that sticks out in my mind that's one of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. It is a Western. and Well, I shouldn't say favorite, but let's say top 10, maybe top 15. <laughs> but this episode, we open up, as the narration tells us, the opening narration, you have Joe Caswell, who's just about to be hanged for murder and even right up until the end he's just a dick about it he's like whatever i don't care like the only thing i'm worried uh i think the reverend asked him aren't you concerned about your mortal soul he's like well the only thing i'm concerned about right now is this rope around my neck i'm not too too worried about my mortal soul and as they drop him we get this really great shot where it pans over to the shadow because they just couldn't do do the camera tricks yet it pans over to the shadow of him hanging and we see the shadow of his body disappear and then he's pulled yeah. into the future well, was yeah, he, which was years? really 80 years i think he said? yeah i think he said 80 years yes yeah. so 
I think he they even said like he was from the late 1880s or 1890s and well maybe 1880s would be around the right time right would be around Eight, 1960 yeah yeah so uh yeah this uh that, that's already already an interesting start and um what, what they do because this was not a time right for time travel movies like they didn't go into all the what can we change they just went for the classic story of like uh fish out of tank like right yeah this is like this is like just a a, a guy from the 80s uh from the 1880s who now appears in the uh in the 1960s and i gotta Um, gotta stop you for just one second i think i'm gonna start using the phrase fish out of tank because most (laughs) of the time and and i will never in a million years give you a hard time about getting something wrong because you're speaking a language that is not your first one i cannot do that I, i cannot do that at all so i will never give you a hard time but we've always said fish out of water <laughs> yeah I, I realized it while i said it but i just went with it because so i think fish i'm gonna so start saying fish out of tank he's a real fish out of tank i like that we just created something new on the international house of Horrors podcast. yeah okay so also, it's, a right. funny, it's a funny picture of a fish in an actual tank right. shooting people all oh, right with like a little yeah a little tiny ss uniform on <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, yeah um so yeah but to your point it is you know uh and we we're actually going to get to another episode of the twilight zone that is very similar but i think is done much more effectively and i don't know if you've seen it you know what i shouldn't even have you seen the episode with buster keaton no okay then i'm not even gonna buster talk keaton. about it yeah wow. i'm not going okay. to talk about it uh but it is very similar to what we have here like you said you've got a man who's a fish out of tank and uh, and it's just him and the professor are the only ones. So you've got Russell Johnson, who it really made me laugh, though, when he's like, there's he tells him, I'm going to show you outside and there's carriages without horses and lights without fire and stuff like this. And he um, there's no sound until he opens the curtains <laughs> as if those curtains somehow somehow block sound. Those are sound-blocking curtains. <laughs> right. I get, I get why they did it. Yeah, I get why they did it, but it was uh, it was pretty yeah. funny, as if, yeah, curtains block sound. <laughs> so they, um, yeah. let's see. Oh, did you have any, you were in the middle of talking, sorry, and I cut you off there. I don't know. If uh, yeah, but I I think I was like, I was just going through the plot. Like, uh, so he, he got out there and uh, um, then he kind of just beats down so we gotta add that the professor doesn't know uh where he exactly came from like it's not like the professor picked someone to come right. there right. It, it seems like it kind of just like the machine randomly picked someone there and but so he, he saw does, the he saw the burns around his neck and that's yeah, how he saw he, that the something burns. happened yeah. yeah and uh yeah after after a short time he he i think he even makes like a, a little tape like where he records everything that he all of his research and uh he here uh, he he talks about that he thinks he was someone that was about to be hanged and then even confronts him about it yeah he but does then, and caswell tells him i've killed over 20 people in yeah you know, over the course of my life and that's when he decides he's got to send him back he's like yeah. this isn't right and they get in a fight and then he hits the professor with a, like a lamp or something off of his desk. He grabs something, some kind mm. of a blunt object, kills the professor, but then hears the professor's recording go off, and it really scares him. It spooks him. Yeah. 
because you know he knows nothing about recording on the on the tape or anything like that. Yeah, and then he just runs off. Oh, I I want to add that um, at the beginning we we don't just hear that he is being hanged, but also he is being hanged because he shot someone in the back. Right. Because in in those westerns, like it was the normal t- thing to shoot each other. There was always a like code of a, some sort of a moral code when it came to a shootout. You know, exactly. high high noon. We've all seen it. Everybody's seen it so many <laughs> times over again. But you. You never shoot someone in the back. You face your opponent or whoever it is who's confronting you and you have a face-to-face shootout. Yeah, and so that's where we get right at the beginning that he's not a good guy at all. Like, he shot someone in the back and he he doesn't even, like, say that uh, it was a bad thing. I think he even tries to say that it was the right thing to do for him. And uh, so right from the beginning, we are told he's not a good guy. And yeah, then he beats down the professor and uh, runs away because of the audio. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then he's just he's he's lost in, in the, the street. Middle. Yeah. He's yeah. just lost in the street, panicking, almost getting hit by cars. Like you said, very fish out of tank and <laughs> trying to navigate. I, I don't know if they ever said what city they were in, but it was a bigger city. So there was yeah. a lot of traffic. It wasn't small town America. It was more of a metropolitan area. He really freaks out. And then you have this. Um, he goes back to the lab. He runs away. And then there's a modern day thief who comes into the lab. This, um, what's his name? Paul, Paul Johnson enters the lab and he starts looking for things to steal. Yeah. He's trying to open some safes and stuff. Was that before they fought? Uh no that was after but also in in the meantime uh before that happens I think our bad guy uh, runs into a bar and oh yeah uh, that was good where he fights the yeah. TV <laughs> yeah. yeah for well first he uh he fights the jukebox because it's playing music and he doesn't like that where it's coming from and then he he um puts his gun out on the desk and says he wants a whiskey and like just drinks it right off the out of the bottle and yeah then he he has a duel with the TV and he wins yeah that was a good a good addition though the whiskey bottle with the pour topper on it with the shade he, <laughs> yeah. he goes to drink it and he can't figure it out like why is there this little thing on top of this bottle he yeah and then he pulls it out. it out yeah and then he does get into the fight with the television which i love the video on the tv it was a dead-on straight shot <laughs> you know the camera never moved the whole time yeah but that's that's how it went in lots of these westerns so it's not yeah. like this would be something that's out of the ordinary <laughs> a huge stretch or anything like that yeah. No, he gets and then he goes back to the lab. You're right. And then he gets in the fight with Johnson, who ends up killing him. He and he it's I love the little touch that he killed him by essentially hanging him. He put a rope around his neck, the the curtains after he had knocked him into the window. Uh, yeah, and then, and then throws him out. Yeah. So again, this is where, you know, the execution piece of it where I think that is a better title than The Time Machine, especially since The Time Machine is the name of a a very famous book. That- um, yeah, and and movie like the, there's right. also like this famous movie about it from around the time, right? I think there's been a few iterations of the time machine. I don't know how far back it goes, but I'm sure there's one that was <laughs> in the 50s. That was the, the height of all the sci-fi and people kind of push taking yeah. those old sci-fi properties and doing stuff with it. So he strangles him, leaves him there, and then Paul Johnson's trying to figure out if he can steal anything from this place. He's got the safe. He's got um, maybe it was a couple safes. But needless to say, he just starts pressing buttons 
And then he ends up in the time machine and getting sent back to 1880. He shows up. The everybody who's there, the preacher, the father of the man who Caswell had killed, the sheriff, most likely. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. They're all standing around questioning whether it was the devil or something like that, which I thought was good because that's probably how people would have reacted at the time. <laughs> Although I, I feel like they were maybe too calm after like a guy that was just being hanged just disappeared while they watched yeah. uh, stared at him yeah and then suddenly yeah the other guy shows up not standing somewhere no he is teleported right into the rope that the other guy came from right into the news yeah he's put yeah. right there and so that lets us know that this whole time travel thing the time of each instance was very different so in the past they were only it had only been a matter of seconds but in the future it had been quite a bit of time it had been quite a few hours so he goes back and that's where i said you know no man in this in the world of the execution can escape their fate they were both murderers yeah. they were both bad guys and they end up getting what's coming to them in the end which i think is a thing that a lot of people like in stories you like to see justice some sort yeah. of justice for sure. And uh, what I think is interesting is that this is uh, based on a short story written by George Clayton Johnson, who's uh, better known for like, uh, he wrote o Ocean's Eleven and Logan's Run. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's and, always uh, interesting. I'm looking at his name right here. He wrote the first telecast episode of Star Trek as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's like all over the place. Like, Yeah, but those are all, I mean, Logan's Run... Is huge. You're right. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and he. Uh, oh yeah, right. Like just the first episode. Also, like yeah. he is just one one episode. Yeah, and he. Uh, I I always like with with the Twilight Zone. Like usually, especially with like directors, only a few times, but especially with the authors of the stories, you usually click on them and they've did done something else that's impressive. So. And he, yeah. he's one that's coming back as well. Like if I if I can trust IMDb, he's done four episodes of the Twilight Zone. Oh, nice. So, yeah, Serling yeah. Serling had an amazing eye for good stories and good talent. I believe he yeah. did. I really believe because he pulled from some really great writers when it came to the Twilight Zone, and he himself was a a great writer. So who knows? Some of those people might have just been through social circles, individuals that yeah. met along the way. You know, the one story that always blows my mind is the the Inklings and the idea of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien sitting down together, being in the same group. You know, when you have a yeah. passion for something, I think you are drawn to like-minded individuals and you end up with some of these these great people. Yeah, like on the on the other side, you also got like uh, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas uh, right. being uh, best buddies, and then uh, yeah, Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. You know, yeah. if, if you find somebody along the way who uh, George Clooney and his pet pig, there's just there's all those great duos in history. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So let's do the uh, the closing narration, then we'll move on to the main topic for today. So here we go. Yeah, this is November 1880. The aftermath of a necktie party. The victim's name, Paul Johnson, a minor league criminal and the taker of another human life. No comment on his death save this. Justice can span years. Retribution is not subject to a calendar. Tonight's case in point in the Twilight Zone. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, there, there they said it even, uh, 1880. That's yeah. where I remembered it from, yeah. Right, and they said kind of what I was saying, the same thing. So maybe this all just got into our subconscious and we didn't realize it, but that justice <laughs> can span years. Uh, yeah. And so next week, if you are following along with us, episode 27 is titled The Big Tall Wish, which is a lot of fun. It's one that I don't watch enough that I, I thoroughly enjoy, so I'm excited to get into that and talk about that with you. I'm and excited as well. So for the rest of this episode, we had a little plan in place and kind of changed it at last minute to have a little bit more of a relaxed episode and just talk about some of the stuff we had been watching. I know you had seen a lot of things, and yeah. but first and foremost, even though it's not horror-related, you know what, this is our podcast, we can, <laughs> we can talk about whatever we want, and as you know, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I love <laughs> Star Wars. I've actually been really, and let me rub it in your face one more time. I've been watching The Mandalorian, which is <laughs> fucking awesome. And, and I'm still waiting for Disney Plus over here. Now, do you guys... We'll get it in January. January's when you get it? Okay. I think, like, early 2020. Like, it's it's set in stone. It's coming. We just got to wait for it a bit longer. And it's so weird because I feel like there's so many markets. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind them. It... It's probably it because of uh, something to do with the rights, because like Disney has lots of rights, but they probably sold the rights to the movies to Netflix and Amazon and oh, because the right, German because market is a different one. Right, because you even get Titans and that stuff off the DC network on your Netflix, right? Yeah, I think so. Like Or on Amazon. Yeah, something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I know you had told me that when the DC app first launched. And there was another one, too. There was something that you had. Or I was listening to Dan and Cody. That's what it was. And Dan was talking about being in England and all the different things that were on Netflix over there that aren't on Netflix over here that are on individual streaming services over here. Yeah, it's because we don't have that many streaming services yet. I hope it stays that way, but I think not. But like because all, all your big... You, you have all the big companies right in America, right? So they... They just decided to make their own uh, thing, while over here, we don't have these big producers that produce their own movies. So, right. uh, yeah, D Disney is one that that can go worldwide. But like, if you take something like I don't know your CBS, why would they do a, a streaming service over in Germany? Right. Because yeah. Oh, that's another one we had talked about. Star Trek Discovery was on. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, your Netflix. Uh, that's on our Netflix. Yeah, and we get uh, a Better Call Saul every week when it comes out right, right away on Netflix. <laughs> you know, and as much as that makes me mad, <laughs> I would still rather pay my little bit of extra money because I feel like there's all the movies that are banned over there and are hard to find <laughs> <laughs> definitely outweigh the couple bucks I pay a month <laughs> for a different streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Many. For sure, but to get back on topic, we we already like completely went off the I know, rails. I know. You told me <laughs> it's it was gonna be podcast. relaxed. I'm gonna be relaxed yeah. as possible. I'm yeah, but in my uh, underwear right now, just hanging <laughs> out. Um, so no, Star Wars. So give us a little bit of a rundown on why you were watching uh, Star Wars. Well, so uh, me and uh, a few of my friends, like for the last few years, every time a new Star Wars movie came out, we actually went to the theater together. Like we even drove to like um, I think like one and a half or two hours to an IMAX. We don't have them all, all didn't, everywhere didn't over Michael here. Didn't Michael go with you to that one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we I drove. Uh, yeah, Michael was here as well today. He, oh, nice. Uh, Tell he him was hi part for of me. the people. Yeah. Tell him hi when you get a chance for me. 
Yeah, will do. He he's coming back uh, in two weeks to watch the rest because yeah, in preparation for the new Star Wars movie that's coming out in December, uh, we decided we're gonna um, uh, do a marathon and try to watch all the official canon Star Wars movies uh, in as few sittings as possible because we want to all be there. So today we started at nine thirty a.m and uh, sat down and watched uh, we we decided on like the chronological order in how they're set yeah that makes so sense we, uh, yeah, that, so, that is if you're gonna do it that is a good way to do it yeah that, it, it was either that or um uh, like uh how they were released but i think this is interesting as well and so well we i think started even with how they're released granted they didn't know star wars was going to be the phenomenon that it was so to watch it in the order they're released, yes, that's fine. But if you're trying to look at, especially with the new movie coming out being the end of the Skywalker saga, it makes sense to start at the very beginning of the Skywalker saga and then, yeah. you know, chronologically work your way through. Yeah, exactly. And so today for the for the first day, um, we, we planned in, uh, we watched um, Star Wars Episode 1, Episode 2, then uh, the Clone Wars, the the movie, and uh, we decided to skip on the on the series because that would be that would take a bit more time. We also yeah. don't uh, we also don't play all the games in preparation. That would also take a lot well, of time I because I think, I don't know how many of the games are canon. I don't know. I think once Disney bought them up because they made so many of the novels non canonical now. So I don't but know. But there's the like. Uh, for example, there's this new game that just came out. I think that one's oh, yes, uh, canonical. That one's, that one's canon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we, we skipped on that <laughs> on all of those as well. Yeah, we, we just went with movies. And so after the uh, after um Clone the, Wars uh, Clone Wars show a uh, movie, we watched uh episode three. And yeah, it was a whole day. Had, and, had you um, seen all of these before? Um I haven't seen the Clone Wars movie yet, the the, the animated, animated movie. one. Okay. Yeah, but uh, else, so it's it's kind of I I've seen them all, yes, but I've seen them when Episode Three came out. I was around. You were 10. little, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that was what two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five is when it came out, and so I was when that came out. I was twelve, and I saw that one. No, wait, 2005? Yeah, I was 12. And when that came out, that I remember seeing that one in the in the theater. And as far as I remember, I haven't watched any of them since because mostly because, uh, really, because um, everyone says they're shit. So I decided to just stay away. Yeah. Because I still had, like, good memories of them. Right. And, uh, you know, what, though, yeah, there's, so. some, there's some great moments in those movies. <laughs> And I know you haven't listened to Phil and I for a while. You're still got a lot to catch up on. But <laughs> I had made an argument a few weeks ago that I I think Revenge of the Sith episode three is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. I I heard that episode. I'm, oh, okay. I'm almost up to date. I'm oh, only okay. like two yeah, weeks, I, I two weeks yeah, behind. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't remember if it was last week or the week before when I had when I had said that to him. So it must have been even further back than that, but <laughs> yeah. I really like Revenge of the Sith. I think as a movie, just but let's talk from the beginning. So we'll go through, <laughs> and we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because I know we're a horror podcast. <laughs> but but uh, I think most of like almost everyone is a Star Wars fan anyway, and like that's 
<laughs> yeah, so what, what I what I want to say is in general is that I think George Lucas is just a great idea guy. Yeah. He's not a great movie maker, but he has all the good ideas. And in the in the original trilogy, people were there to stop him. Like I there, there's a YouTube video essay uh, that's that's titled something like uh, how Star Wars was saved in the edit. Because it was going to be a lot worse, but then uh, George Lucas's wife, she edited the movie and uh, changed lots of things around, sounds were added and all that stuff. And um, then in the early 2000s, George Lucas, who was now like the big guy, no one was allowed to say no to him. And that's why the, the newer movies... Uh, we're have full all of that, ideas. All that stupid, but... dumb extra shit in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so and... bad. It's so bad. Everyone's been screaming for years. Give us a Blu-ray of the original cuts of the movie without any changes. <laughs> Even the weird little stuff that he, he modified, like with Han and Greedo and Who Shot and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Oh, but then that's one thing. But what really kills me is you'll see these scenes from Star Wars with just random creatures. CGI creatures all over yeah. walking around. Oh, and God. the worst is that they actually like uh, uh, turned characters into CGI. Like, I think the worst thing that could happen is that uh, Jabba. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Yeah. So and bad. What's, what's really cool, and I was actually thinking about bringing those to America because I thought you would really like those. Um, I got my, my dad, when the movies were in TV, my dad recorded them uh, oh. on VHS. And so these are... The original Star Wars, completely unchanged, <laughs> uh, in see a German now, dub. <laughs> see, now, what you got to do... Oh, in a German dub. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing. But so like, what I'll this do is, is I'll take your copies, I'll rip the audio from one of the more recent copies, and just try and match up the audio and get rid of the German dub. <laughs> yeah, that won't take any time We're at all. <laughs> we'll we'll just make the Star Wars the or, the original trilogy again in right. We'll do it like how it was love. supposed to be. Yeah, in VHS VCR of the television. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. <laughs> but so yeah, let's let's talk about the movies really quick. The first one, actually, like I was sitting there with like three friends of mine and we watched it and it was fun. It um, the movie wasn't good, uh, but uh, no, it's not good. But you've got. Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor together are great. Like Qui-Gon, yeah. I absolutely just love Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he's fantastic. Jar Jar is a lot of people's biggest problem with that movie, <laughs> and understandably, he's, yeah. you know. And I, I remember seeing it, because when was the first one? 99. So, yeah. let's see, I was a teenager at the time, and it was, I remember seeing it. I didn't hate it at the time. But the more I watched it over and over again, once it released on DVD, Jar Jar started really to get under my skin. But I think it's got one of the best Star Wars moments of all time in that duel of the fates. When you've got, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon fighting Darth Maul. That is so yeah. amazing. Because you got the first that John Williams score is so good. Yeah. And that image, I love the image of Darth Maul just pacing. On the other side of the... You've got Qui-Gon who's sitting down in quiet meditation. Yeah. And you have... He's almost like a shark just swimming back and forth waiting. Yeah. That, oh, it's such a good sequence. But sequence. I, I got to say, that, that sequence is awesome. But then after it was over, I was like, okay, that was really awesome. But 
what building were they in and why did it have these rooms and why did it have these doors that always randomly block and go back and that's just star wars that's just how it works <laughs> yeah the, the same with no safety precautions uh, pre there's no no rails anywhere <laughs> always a giant hole to fall down that's been in star wars yeah. since the very beginning always a giant yeah, hole for to sure. fall down and so you just gotta take these things for what you're seeing right there it's just all it's it's just all really cool moments for sure also in this one there's the the, the pod race is really cool like the the whole it just goes uh, racing. on for fucking ever it is oh, long but it's gotta be like 20 minutes long i feel like every time i watch fan menace i'm like oh here we go it's gonna go on for forever what what we really liked about it was the sound design they they oh, had yeah. like every every pod had a different sound and like you had like the the doppler effect when it um when it flew by and then when you were between it it sounded different uh so like they, they really put thought into the sounds and uh, well his i mean his sound studio still is making is being contracted out to do tons of work for all kinds of different companies yeah the skywalker Be sound it's the, i and i was talking to someone not long ago about star wars and it's held up on this on this huge pedestal, and I think it should be, but I think part of the only reason it is is that in the theater, it did something that no one had ever done before, and it was new. It was mind-blowing, like yeah. seeing these, you know, these ships come through and the, the AT-ATs and the land speeders and all this stuff, and like you said, the sound was stuff we had never seen this or heard, the sound of the lightsabers, the... Yeah. When you had all that going on at once, without the sound being as good as it was, Star Wars, I don't feel would be as amazing or not maybe not as amazing as highly revered it is as it is today. Because even if you go back and watch the original trilogy, and I'm I love Star Wars. I fucking love this shit, but I can't sit here and tell you it was so well acted and so well <laughs> executed. Yeah, Harrison Ford's great, but I feel like he was just being Harrison Ford. But Mark Hamill wasn't the greatest acting talent on the planet when they made <laughs> Star Wars. You know, yeah. Carrie Fisher was good, but she wasn't. There's there's nothing about Star Wars individually where you could say, oh, that, that person's performance elevated it. it it's yeah. never been about their performances. It's been about the spectacle of Star Wars and the very familiar story that we all know. Yeah, and also, like, it's a very familiar story that we all know, but, like... Uh told in like it's it was all new at the time like this was also a different kind of um uh, 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 uh sci-fi we didn't usually see at at these times still like this was well, no, all these were kurosawa movies and old spaghetti westerns <laughs> yeah. that were put in space yeah and it, it was something completely new yet familiar and that's uh yeah it's Star Wars, the whole franchise is great, and I think all the movies are at least worth watching for what they do, what oh, they they're show. Worth, they're worth watching many. Well, maybe except the live-action Clone Wars. That one is so hard for me. It is so hard. Which or one the, is the uh, live-action? Attack action? of the Clones. Sorry, Attack of the Clones. So that's Episode the second two. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, That that's the second one we watched, and it felt like... So all the, the stuff between Anakin and uh, Padme was just... Yeah, really boring and kind of just bad. And uh, it, it and and the the language of it all. I <laughs> like the idea of getting into the political side of Star Wars, but it's hard when everyone's just talking about trade routes and federations <laughs> and 
taxes and tariffs and this and that. I do like the sequence when they're all in the arena, the battle arena. Yeah. And all the Jedi are in there. Sure, that's cool. And again, with the bad acting, or maybe it was just bad writing. I don't know. Like Hayden Christensen is is tough to watch. Natalie Portman, who is such an amazing talent, that is what makes me think it might have been some of the writing. Just the dialogue felt very stale and stagnant. Yeah, I think it's it's all the writing. Also, um, I've read something that uh, for these movies, uh, there wasn't as much acting as... Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, the director, uh, George Lucas. He uh, he just like made him do it once, and then said we'll we'll change it in post because he was really into the whole CGI stuff, right? He still right. is, and so he he there, there's like videos where you can see where like even a scene where it's just Anakin standing up, he just like edited it in post and changed it completely. Which and is so like that's one thing I've always heard. <clears throat> About filmmaking, people who do it well try to eliminate as much in post as possible. They, they you don't <laughs> want to change acting in post. Sure, you can change backgrounds and stuff, but don't change acting. Or, yeah, and yeah, that's. I I feel like Lucas wanted to do an animated movie by basically, like he, he really he's he, super into that stuff, and it's just yeah. And, and now, in your version of Episode One, was it Puppet Yoda or was it CGI Yoda? Uh, it was CGI Yoda. Is there a puppet Yoda version? Yeah, and it's nightmare shit. It looks terrifying. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a an image of it while <laughs> okay. while you're uh, continuing to talk. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, the, the second one. Uh, yeah, it was the weakest of the, of the of the movies, I think. Uh, and then we went to Clone Wars, which was a really nice uh, change of pace because. Um, that one wasn't over two hours. It was just like, uh, I think, uh, 93 minutes or something like that. And that that was actually, for, for us, even a bit too quick. There was so much happening and they were talking so fast that it was kind of uh, going going super fast. And we were like wondering, what's going on? This is going, especially well, after... With the, these- with the Clone Wars, I don't know if the full series was planned when they made the Clone Wars movie. So I don't I, I, I don't know if it was just a good introduction for people. I really like the Clone Wars animated movie. Oh, and I just sent you that picture. If you look at your uh if you look at your phone of Puppet Yoda, okay. it'll scare the shit out of you. I did not like that when it was the puppet. Because especially when you had you that, that Frank Oz puppet had to have been around somewhere. What, what's a, going like he's he's cross eyed. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, man. I'm telling you, it was bad. It was uh it was a weird Yoda. So yeah, the, okay. the Clone Wars movie, I don't know enough of the history of the production to know if it was just leading into the cartoon. So it was trying to get people ready I think for what that. I've, what I've read is that it's like the first four episodes were just like cut together into one movie. No, it's, com- it's completely different. Yeah, so so I feel like this might be like the... like. On Wikipedia, it says like it's four episodes cut together, and then they kind of redid it, I guess, for the series. Oh, and so, I see. Okay, but I it, see it, what it you're started saying. as episodes right away. So yeah, uh, but I like, I like the Clone Wars. I like the look of the Clone Wars. I know there's a lot of people in the world who don't like Ahsoka Tano as a character. I really like Ahsoka. I think she's a ton of fun. <laughs> I read, I want to say it was maybe last year or the year before Ahsoka's standalone tie-in book once Disney... No, it had to have been a few years ago because I feel like it was when Disney just bought 
the Star Wars, once they started doing the books, that they put an Ahsoka book out, and I really enjoyed it. But the movie's all about the huts, right? About them finding uh, the little hutling. Yeah, and exactly. Saving, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, and um, my uh, one friend who watched the whole series, he said that... Um, Once you watch the whole series, it really helps understand Anakin's motivations a bit more. Oh, Because for sure. In the in the if if you just watch the movies, he's just yeah a, a pretty asshole for most of them, really. <laughs> the but, and I know you said, and you guys wouldn't have time to watch all of that before. But if you do get a chance, the animated series of the Clone Wars is really good. It is really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard before. Yeah, and I. Now that I've heard more about it and now that I'm really... Before that, I didn't know that much about the story anymore. Like, I still had enough to be able to talk about it. But I, I couldn't exactly tell you what's happening in the in the, orig in the first three movies. And now that I really know what happened, uh, it's much more interesting to now watch the, the Clone Wars series as well. Yeah. So maybe I will. <laughs> and did you watch these in German, in a dub, or was it in English? Um, Or the, subtitles. Uh, the the other movies we watched in in English, but uh, the Clone Wars for some reason on Amazon it was just in in the German uh, dub. Uh, okay. So that one we watched in German dub. But I I guess there it's um it's all right because it is uh it is an animated movie, so it's dubbed anyway. So it it works a bit right, better. Right. So you don't get. I mean, annoying. the the lips aren't as bad and yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Good. And yeah, and then we went on to the third movie, and yeah, I, I, like I, I can't tell you right now if it's better than any of the original movies, but the the third one is really good. It's fun. It's it's the first one I saw in in theaters, so that's uh, General Grievous was mind blowing when Fucking I was a kid, awesome. and yeah, yeah, like this 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 robot with four arms and four lightsabers just fighting them and bronchitis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was like, why is there a robot? That's also, like, got a smoker's cough. I well, don't know. Well, the, the thing was, at least my understanding is that he was the one of the original iterations of the Darth Vader technology. And so the, it was essentially just a few of his organs that they had built the yeah. frame, frame around. So if the organs, it would make sense if he's early technology, maybe the organs were failing or it wasn't working as well. And that's why he sounded or, the way he did. Or maybe he, he was a bad smoker before he... Maybe. Yeah, can you imagine? He could for, smoke like four cigarettes at once. Just one in each hand. <laughs> just, yeah. just going. But yeah, so in general, that movie was really good. There were lots of like cool fight scenes. Uh, also, I can't believe that Christopher Lee was 82 years old when that movie came out. He was 82 when they made that? He was born in uh, 1822. Wow. Uh, 1922 he he was in his 80s throughout the whole series he looked really good then yeah, yeah i i was really, really i was shocked that he looked that young because like i mean usually like actors in their 80s they look the part yeah but he he really uh i i still can't believe it he looked like, like he could have been in his early 70s late 60s Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I he could have even been uh, an old-looking early sixties dude. Like he, he, he still had it, and he he moved around a lot. Like uh, yeah, he had some fights was, and everything. Yeah, which and I don't it, know it, if that was all him. You know, some of it might have been. Yeah, I'm sure. It was well, a, there, a stunt there's always double. these Jedi flips that <laughs> right, right, that nobody can do. But it, uh, wow, I didn't know he was that old when they had made that movie. That's awesome. I like. Yeah, 
so much. The dude has been in some amazing franchises. In, in all of them, it feels <laughs> right, like. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's almost like uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the Mace Windu, um, oh, Samuel Sam Jackson, Jackson yeah. who, who is like in just every big franchise. and Somehow he yeah. ends up in these franchises. Yeah, Christopher Lee. He was he was in the Dracula series, in the Frankenstein series. Right. He was in the Star Wars series. In uh, uh, what's what's the other one? Uh, uh, uh in the uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the series. Rings. Yeah. Yeah. He he just missed out on doing a Marvel movie. Then he would have been <laughs> in all the big ones. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he was a cool uh, Count Dooku though. He was real. Yeah. Uh, I I like Dooku as a character. And I just, everything about Revenge of the Sith, I love the very opening sequence when you got the space battle going on. Yeah. And what it, the way I've described it more recently after having that discussion with Phil is that Revenge of the Sith was a really great ending to a poor trilogy, and <laughs> Return of the Jedi was a poor ending to a great trilogy. I think it's kind of how they both worked out. And that's why I put Sith above Jedi and... I don't know. It, and it's something about the Order 66. Like, if you really <laughs> sit down and... And I know you haven't seen the Clone Wars cartoon. And where I think some of that might be lost with some individuals is that these Jedi were so close to these clone troopers. Like, they've been fighting in the Clone Wars side by side for so long. And to just be all of them killed at once, shot in the back. You know, we had just talked about that. You don't ever shoot someone in the back. Yeah. And all these Jedis just get murdered. And like we, we even they, they try to hint at it in the movie when when you see uh, right before Order sixty six is uh, is uh, started, uh, this one guy uh, gives Obi Wan his lightsaber back, and they even uh, they even have a nice conversation. Yeah, and he says, thank you, and even calls him by name. And my friend actually says that's the only uh, Cody. Uh, Cody yeah, is yeah, they're all he, called he, Cody. <laughs> yeah, he they're they're all called Cody. A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because my friend said, like, he's the only stormtrooper with a name. Oh, like, maybe, only, yeah, uh, maybe that's it. Then what were all the, um, maybe Cody was the only one. <laughs> uh, I thought but, called a bunch of them Cody, but I'm probably just making that up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter, but it's, yeah, it's, and we get Anakin, like, killing all the kids. Yeah, the younglings. <laughs> yeah, which is just crazy, but, uh. Yeah, so that movie was really good, and uh, I'm looking forward because um, now I've seen all Star Wars movies except for one, and that's the next one we're going to watch is uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, because I kind of just didn't feel interested in that at all, so I'm... Yeah, because so so you'll, you'll have to watch Solo and then Rogue One before, exactly. before episode four. Yeah, so on... Um, oh, okay, so... Oh, it looks yeah? like... He might have been the only named trooper, but there was a lot of commanders. Ah, okay. That were given names. Okay. Okay. So in the uh, so uh, on, I think it's uh, it's gonna be December thirteenth. We're watching um, uh, Solo, uh, then Rogue One, and then uh, Episode Four. Okay. And. Um, and maybe even episode five, and then uh, on the day after, like that's a Friday, and then on the Saturday after, we're watching uh, all the other ones, <laughs> and it's it's gonna be crazy because they're just getting longer and longer, and I think right. the eighth one is the longest. Yeah, because like, even the Rise of the Skywalker isn't gonna be longer than Last Jedi. <laughs> so yeah, um, 
but I'm I'm excited about it. They they are really more fun than I remembered, like the first ones even. So, and it's always fun to watch these movies with like a group of friends, like all sitting together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, oh, how how I can lead us right out of uh, Star Wars is uh, yesterday in preparation for uh, today, we set up like me and my roommate set up some. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, some better boxes around my TV so we have a better sound for today and so we needed to do a sound check and I, and I thought hmm, what, what movie can I throw in and I just put in a uh, little shop of horrors and decided hey let me uh, le let me put this in because this has music and talking so we can just check it out both at the same time and then we just accidentally watched the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> And I love it. It's the second time I watched it this year, and I'm usually not one for rewatches, but I just It's such a fun I movie. It. And we talked a lot about it when we did our horror musical episode. Yeah. So if you want to hear us get in depth about that movie. But I believe and you know what that is a it is a direct connection to Star Wars because you had Frank Oz did Little Shop of Horrors, right? Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's the director and uh, yeah, he's Yoda. <laughs> yeah, he did not just Yoda. He was I want to say the voice of Yoda and the puppeteer, but I think he helped with a lot of the puppeteering. Uh, on yeah, Star but Wars. in in the later ones like in, in in the later ones he was just the voice right, of Yoda. Right. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, Little Shop of um, Horrors always good. <laughs> It's so much fun. Yeah, listen to that episode or just watch the movie. The movie is just great. And my, my roommate had never seen it and he really liked it as well. So I'm glad. No, it's uh, good. So, man. yeah, now I guess we can finally get after, after like talking about Star Wars for 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. How far are we <laughs> into this thing so far? Almost 50 minutes into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost 50 minutes. And we've talked about Star Wars and <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Yeah, Twilight Zone. <laughs> Uh, so we'll get into some um, some of the stuff I've been watching lately, especially getting into the Christmas spirit. I love my Christmas horror movies. And the first one I have up, I had mentioned it on those movie guys, but it was a recommendation from Sometimes Phil. And he said, hey, have you ever seen this, this movie on Shudder called Christmas Evil from 1980? And I'd never seen it, so I was like, oh, I'll check it out, man. I'll check it out. And I try really hard. I feel bad sometimes because... There's always someone recommending a movie to me. There's always someone recommending <laughs> yeah. a movie. And I want to watch them all. Sometimes I forget. Other times it takes me, you know, months to finally get around to watching it. But this one I wanted to watch. It was that time of the year. So I watched Christmas Evil from 1980. It was directed by Lewis Jackson. I don't think there's anyone in the cast that I really recognized. But I went into it kind of expecting more of a Silent Night, Deadly Night which it was not, but it was still really enjoyable. So you've got this man, this adult man who works at a toy factory and he was mentally scarred as a kid when he learned that Santa wasn't real. He, <laughs> he went downstairs and saw his dad dressed as Santa, like rubbing up on his mom and they're moaning and groaning together. Like, Ooh, ooh doing all these kind of dirty things. And, he works in this toy factory where he just is on an assembly line putting together toys. And over time, you see all of these other workers belittling him and kind of beating him down mentally. No one has the spirit of Christmas. He really believes in this idea of Christmas. And eventually, he just snaps. He just snaps and dons a Santa suit and goes on a, a killing spree. Where I say that it wasn't fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And where I say it wasn't like Silent Night, Deadly Night, in that he always, you always felt a little bit bad for this guy. Like, 
he calls his brother. There was one scene I thought was really well done where he calls his brother and he's kind of having the breakdown over the phone. But even saying things like, oh, you know, I, I can't believe it and I'm sorry. Like there was a part of him that was still a little bit human in there. Whereas in Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's just all out fucking murder spree, which mm-hmm. is um, which is still a lot of fun in its own right. <laughs> but this one was cool. I think I'm going to add it to my kind of rotation for Christmas horror movies. Even on the poster, it says first came Halloween, then Friday the 13th, and now Christmas Evil. Just, you better uh, believe in Santa or he'll slay you. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was cool. I I enjoyed it. It's on Shutter. I don't know if it's playing anywhere over there. Like you had mentioned. I just before. looked it up, it's nuts. Ah, oh, that sucks. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Anybody listening, you know, as we get into the Christmas season, if you're looking for some Christmas horror maybe you haven't seen before, that one is a it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm planning on rewatching Anna and the Apocalypse again because now it's the Christmas time. Yeah. Last time I watched it, it was like uh, really hot out there. So. <laughs> and that just hit over here. That just hit something. Netflix or Prime? It showed up on one of them. I ended up buying huh. it when it when it first came out because I think it was only ten dollars. It was like seven dollars to rent it or ten dollars to buy it. So I and I've watched yeah. it a few times since since purchasing it. I like Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's it's not uh, to uh, it's not for free at least anymore over here. So I guess I'll have to buy it at some point. Shouldn't be <laughs> because it's hopefully. it's one just the the music alone is uh, it's is fun enough to uh, just like watch it again and some really good gore. That's true. Yeah, um, I've recently watched uh, uh, Tenebre for the first time, the Dario Argento movie. I haven't watched as many Christmas movies yet. <laughs> Is that one the the second movie? What was the first one in the trilogy? Um, no, I think Tenebra is its own movie. Like it's not, it's not in the in the Mother uh, trilogy. So which one am I thinking of? So you got Suspiria. What was the first one in the Mother trilogy before Mother of Tears? I'm not sure. Like, there's Suspiria. Is it, isn't it a, a phenomena? No, that's not in the Mother's trilogy, right? I'm looking right now. Okay, you look it up. Uh, Tenebra is about uh, like um, Infer- this American. Sorry, Inferno was the second movie. Suspiria. Oh, okay. First one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Tenebra is about an an author who wrote a book called Tenebra, and I guess there's this. Uh, this is killer going around killing people like uh, with in similar veins to the book that's written and they try to find out who it is and it's it's really interesting but i got to say i i'm still having kind of problems with these italian movies like i i watched it i enjoyed it the gore was good uh i'm not sure i fully followed the plot <laughs> some of them are really Difficult. And I was just looking. I think where I was confused is that in Inferno, it's the mother of darkness is Tenebraum. Is oh, okay. the name of the, the witch in that one. So you got okay, the mother so of darkness, the mother of tears, and then the mother of size is Suspiriorum. But yeah, with ah, okay. a lot of the Italian stuff, I don't go into it for any plot at all. <laughs> I, I, I just, I've, I've kind of given up on that because... <laughs> To your point, it's so all over the place, especially with Argento. Even the shit that is perfectly straightforward, like opera, where it's like, okay, you've got um, this killer who's making this person watch, and the backstory was 
this, but then there will be weird little vignettes in there that don't seem to make a ton of sense or go along with the story. Uh, yeah, in, in, in Tenebra, there's like lots of like these scenes of this girl at the beach. And I still don't know what they may uh, what they were for in this movie. She's just some random girl at the beach with a group of guys. And then like, uh, I think at first she just runs away from them. Uh, and like in, in, a, in a playful way, like as if she's in, uh, playing with them. And uh, then uh, she gets naked and gets on her knees. And there's like three men just standing around her while she's on her knees, uh, topless and like just caressing them. And then a, a fourth one comes by and hits her. And then she she follows him and throws him down and like I it's it's really weird and I still there's probably an explanation and I just couldn't follow the movie to to really get it. Yeah, when it comes to Argento, for the most part, I'm in it for the gore. I'm in it for <laughs> yeah. the 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 designs, the sound, the the gore. There's certain ones that I think you can follow along, like Suspiria, but that you know everyone says is his best movie. And I think yeah. it's because it was a a better told story. But with a lot, even, what was the other one? Not Inferno or Opera, the... Um, Deep Red. Deep Red, yeah. Yeah. All of them, man. There's just, there's weird shit going on in all these movies. And it just is what it is. I've just come to accept it. Like, this is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what's a fun fact about this one, and actually, I, I read that, and then I was really decided I'm going to watch it, is... Uh, the first trivia fact on IMDb for this movie is in Germany the film is still banned after 25 years of its release the film has never been released uncut in Germany and according to the FSK the official censorship in Germany it never will wow <laughs> boo and, but to, to add to that I didn't think it was that bad like, well no you guys I've banned seen... Space Jason which I don't <laughs> understand at all that makes no sense <laughs> Yeah, I, I, but I, I'm pretty sure even Space Jason is more brutal than this one because there's not that much actual gore in this. Like, this doesn't go as crazy as many other Italian horror movies go. Yeah. And But yeah, it's it, it was fun. It, it was enjoyable. I still gotta say, yeah, Italian horror is really hard to follow. I, I think the worst thing is that they always have, like, so many characters. There's so many I characters think, and so many weird cuts. Yeah. Like there's so many strange cuts in a lot of these movies. Even <laughs> in The Beyond, which is one of my favorite Italian horror movies. That's a hard movie to follow what's going on. Like, oh, there's <laughs> these. And they never made just one movie because that was part of a trilogy too, right? The Gates of Hell trilogy. Where I want to oh, say yeah. House House by the Cemetery was one of them. And City yeah. of the Living Dead. I, I think so, yeah. And oh, I, I didn't know they belonged together because I got, uh, I, I love um, uh, uh, City of the Living Dead. That's the one that's uh, in Germany is titled uh, A Zombie uh, uh, is Hanged from the Bell Rope. Yeah, so in the, is, U, in the US, City of the Living Dead is known as the Gates of Hell. Oh, wow, I've always okay. just known it as City of the Living Dead, but yeah, so I want to say that was all part of a. Because you had that one, it was all about the different um, gates of hell being opened up, which I, I want to yeah. say was the Beyond, House by the Cemetery, and City of the Living Dead. I could be making that yeah. up, but I, no, I feel like it, I, it sounds it sounds right. And I actually totally accidentally have uh, City of the Living Dead and uh, House by the Cemetery in my shelf right next to each other. Nice. 
And I, I didn't even know that they were... Well, I probably read it at some point, but I actually just put them next to each other because they're in the same shelf and they just fit next to each other. <laughs> well, that's... Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting that I want to say those, yeah, could all be... But I, I enjoy all of those. Fulci never skimped on the gore. Yeah, he, he went crazy. Have it. we ever done a... Like, we should do a Fulci or, like, Italian horror episode because I don't think we've done either of those. I would like to do just a Fulci episode because I feel like I could talk about that alone for an hour. I, I think we should we should put that for the close future because then I'll just, like, prepare by watching quite a few Fulci movies that I... That the problem is always getting my hands on them, but thanks to you, I got, like, two or three Fulci <laughs> movies and... Yeah. A few I already own, so I can at least talk about some what of them. What was it? City of the Living Dead is the sheep guts, right? Where the uh, girl throws up all the intestines. So gross and so good. I Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. And uh, um, the this City of the Living Dead also has like one of my... Uh, one scene after I watched that movie, it was like... A scene that just uh, flashed me is uh, a drill kill where like a guy is... They put his head down and it's uh, they they drill into it and oh, it looks yeah, so yeah, realistic. Yeah, I yeah, still don't Fulci fully know how so, they did it. So good about that stuff, even with zombie the you know the famous eyeball <laughs> on the splinter scene. Yeah, so I think after we're done with this, I'm gonna watch one of those Fulci <laughs> nice. movies. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. So back to what we were talking about. <laughs> um, I've watched, uh, like I said, I'm kind of getting into the Christmas spirit, and this morning. I was up with the baby and threw on a Christmas horror story from 2015. I'm a sucker for anthology horror. When it's done right, I really like anthology horror. Trick or treat and what's our let's, the let's Tales be honest, of Halloween. Even if it's not done perfectly, yeah, you true. enjoy anthology horror. <laughs> that's true. Now you sound like Phil. <laughs> Let, let's just be honest here. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I yeah. love anthology horror. Even the bad ones are kind of fun. A Christmas Horror Story came out 2015. I watched it shortly after it came out. And where I think this movie was unsuccessful was the box art for the movie. Because it looks like Krampus Unleashed. You know, one of these really horrible, trashy <laughs> horror movies. But in reality, yeah, that- this one's so well done. I think they did a really good job with it. And tying all of the stories together, you have William Shatner plays a radio DJ, uh, and he's kind of walking through everything that happened. So some of the stories, just to give you an idea, I'm not going to ruin anything because you haven't seen this yet, but you have one story of a changeling. You have one story of a kind of like a haunted school. You get the full Krampus story. And then you've got Santa and his elves. Something goes bad at, at Santa's workshop and things take a, a pretty shitty turn from there. But it's, so is it from 2015? Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. from 2015. And <laughs> it, you know, multiple directors, they had different re- directors do each individual, I think each one, or maybe it looks like there was three directors total. So maybe somebody did two of them. But with each segment... But what really makes it work is just William Shatner tying it all together. He's so believable in this role as a as a late night radio DJ making <laughs> things happen. But it's a lot of fun. The gore is really good. It's not perfect. Sure, some of it, you know, I don't think it had the biggest budget on the planet. So some scenes here and there look a little and rough I around think the edges, but even it's very sh- forgivable. And I think, 
And I think even though a Shatner is old, he's still uh, very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think even if they had a bigger budget, I think much of it went into Shatner. But that was, I think, in this instance, it was a really good choice. They made a good choice there because he brings this whole and they do a really good job just like with trick or treat where you have different characters crossing paths and only for a second you know it's yeah. only like right here or right there they'll cross paths for just a second but a christmas christmas horror story is a lot of fun and if anyone hasn't seen it i would encourage you to check it out because it is it's a great little holiday horror movie i'm, I'm interested now like like you said with the box art like i've i've seen that box art a few times and uh I, I always felt like it looks like a cheap movie, and yeah. so I just uh, stayed off of it. But now it's the Christmas time. Now it's uh, not for free on Netflix anymore. But I'll see if I can find it anyway. And yeah, even if it was you know like five or ten bucks to buy a copy, I think it's one you would probably be okay with owning and go back <laughs> okay. to during the Christmas season because it really is every Christmas season since this is. For the past four years, I've watched it every year. Sometimes I watched it during the summer because I just really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like when we watch Halloween movies, not just for Halloween. It's just good tone. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, since I was just at Italian movies, I, I'll throw in the other one uh, that I told you about a, a little bit ago, but I think I haven't talked about it on the podcast at all. It's uh, called uh, Buyo Omega, also known as Beyond the Darkness. Uh, this one is by Joe D'Amato, which that name really sounds familiar as well. Let me see. Uh, oh, he made Anthropogus or something like that. Okay. But uh, yeah, he um, that movie uh, is about like this this rich guy uh, who uh, has is is in love with a girl, and that girl dies in the opening of the movie. Like he actually runs to the hospital to give her a goodbye kiss, and then she dies. Then she's uh, uh, she's uh, uh, buried, and uh, after after the ni first night, he like uh, takes her out of the grave again because he's actually um, a coroner. He like uh, yeah uh, uh, yeah he uh, prepares the bodies, and so he he just then we get this really fucked up autopsy scene that looks really realistic and like really bad like he even takes out the eyes and puts like fake glass eyes in there and you see it all it's really like this movie there is basically no plot the plot is he he um prepares this girl puts her on the bed and then like he has uh sex with random girls that he finds in the weirdest ways and they, in some way or another, find out about her, so he has to kill them. And what was this called again? Uh, it's uh, uh, Buyo Omega is the original title, and uh, it's Beyond the Darkness. Okay. It's from 1979, and uh, yeah, it's there, there is no plot for this one. This is just like fucked up scenes, but those fucked up scenes really work. And this isn't banned in Germany? This is banned in Germany. Oh, it is banned, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this this is actually one uh, I, uh, I I bought just because it looked cool, and it was actually like um, I I found out afterwards that that it's actually like um, just German dub, but that doesn't really hinder this movie because this is not about what they talk about, and uh, the the German title for this is also really cool. It's called Sado stoß das Tor zur Hölle auf, which means Sado um, uh, push open the doors to hell. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, yeah that's and cool <laughs> that's why I bought it. And um, 
Yeah, it's it's a recommendation for sure uh, for anyone who loves gore. Like I said, it's Italian. There's no we we just said that for Italian movies you don't really need any plot, but this one they they don't even care about it. Like it's just a guy killing people, and he lives with this weird woman who. I'm not sure if she's his mother, she's a bit young, but they have this weird relationship where he's not into her at all, but, like, she's really into him, and so, like, that when he first puts the girl on the bed and just looks at her, she she sits down and, like, I think she jerks him off and he, like, plays with her nipple and he stares at the, at, at the girl the whole time, and it's... That's weird. It, the movie is completely weird and fucked up, but it's it's really. Uh, oh, and it looks like uh, look, just look at here. The music is by Goblin, so that already makes me want to be in there. Yeah, and that it's a a remake of the it's a remake. Yeah, of the nineteen sixty six movie, The Third Eye. <laughs> and it says right here they made this movie in two weeks. <laughs> well, at least they did all the filming in two weeks. <laughs> the- it's actually worth watching if you're like for you for sure for our listeners if i i'd say even it is just worth watching okay it's as long as you're not uh faint of heart i think you'll uh get something out of it i'm gonna have to check that out <laughs> yeah you you have i i want to know what you think about it okay i'll <laughs> check it out for sure and let's see next up for me this was one of the movies that we were originally going to talk about today, so I'm not going to talk about it too much in depth. I'll actually talk about the remake a little bit more. Is one of my personal favorite movies. This is a movie that I watch all year long. Doesn't matter, <laughs> Christmas or not. And that is 1974's Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark. But as I was pulling it up on IMDb, I saw that there was a Black Christmas, The Night Billy Came Home, non-for-profit fan film made in 2016. <laughs> So I might need to check that out. So I'm not going to talk too much about the 74 version of Black Because Christmas. you have talked all about it. I have. <laughs> but I did rewatch the 2006 version of the movie. And we've got another version coming out this year that comes yeah. out in just a few weeks, I think. The, I, probably around Christmas. And Christmas is only like four weeks away. <laughs> yeah, December 13th is going to be the release of, I want to say it's Blumhouse is doing the remake of this one. But the 2006 Black Christmas, so what this movie has going for it, and I did see Bob Clark was listed in the credits as a producer, but I don't know how close he was to it. I'm I'm really not sure. But you've got some great names that a lot of people know, like Lacey Shabert, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Michelle Trachtenberg, or Trachtenberg, Katie Cassidy, um, who else was I feel like there was a couple. Robert Mann's in there. So you had a good cast, and what they did was take the original movie and try to give Billy a backstory, which I think is the worst thing you could ever do. Because what, this- made, what made Black Christmas so effective is that you had no idea what was going on with Billy. And now we get this whole backstory about his mom having sex with him, having his kid, his daughter, uh, Agnes, which is a name we hear a lot in the even in the original movie. You hear the name Agnes come up quite a bit. So in this remake, you've got the two killers. You've got Agnes and Billy, who are severely jaundiced. I don't remember why they're so yellow, but both of them, <laughs> really, really bad jaundice. And it just, it, it lost all of what made 
that first movie so good. And I think part of the reason the first movie works so well is that it actually feels like Christmas. Bob Clark had an uncanny ability to make a movie feel like Christmas. A Christmas story, Black Christmas, both of them. He just does so well. Sure, they up the gore in this one a ton because in the first one, you don't get a ton of gore, but this just has no heart. There's just no heart or anything at all to this movie. It was just a typical slasher movie, whereas I feel Black Christmas is one of the pillars upon which slashers were were built. It was one of the first, yeah. Yeah, the only reason they say it's not one of the first is because it was Canadian. And a lot of credit goes to Michael Myers as being the first American slasher, whereas all of this was, or the original Black Christmas was all filmed in Canada and made in Canada. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he was an amazing slasher. But this Billy... And even seeing him, because in that first movie, you don't get any images of Billy at all. All you see is his face, his eyeball peeking through a little bit. But in this one, you see full on yellow, full yellow Billy chasing people around the house. And it's just not good. I don't know why I keep watching it. I probably watch it once every year just to see if maybe my opinion is. Maybe it's getting better. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that that Black Christmas... um I I haven't seen it yet but I have like no intention of watching it because it I don't know it just doesn't seem appealing to me. You're not and, missing out on much. Yeah. And I feel like um so of course we haven't uh, seen it so we can't really talk about it but I have a stark inkling that uh the the new one is going to be similar like no heart just like do another teen slasher on Christmas and it's going to be okay. It looks nothing. Well, with that one, they, they seem to even have left out Billy completely. At least it feels like in the, in the trailer. It's just another bad Christmas story. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't trailer. even know why they called it Black Christmas. Because of lame recognition. Yeah, you're <laughs> probably right. And yeah, but uh, I I'd still, I, I'm thinking about watching it. Uh because yeah, who knows? Maybe it's gonna be good. I don't think so, but who knows? I'll watch I'm always it, in. But I'm always still. in for for a surprise. Okay. Uh, oh, by by the way, uh, um, have you seen uh, the uh, the lighthouse yet? I think that's a horror movie. I <laughs> have new, not, uh, but I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, it's. I I think I'm going on Monday because then it's playing like uh, right around the corner of me and in, in the small cinema actually called the film house <laughs> for anyone who knows uh uh who knows my first podcast was film house podcast no relations to that cinema but they're <laughs> showing black christmas in the original language oh nice and so in english and so i i'm th- uh did i just say black christmas or lighthouse i'm you just said black really christmas but that's okay yeah. we knew what you were you were talking <laughs> about <laughs> they're, they're playing a lighthouse and i'm i'm really excited uh uh, I'm I'm gonna see it because yeah I, I love the witch and this is of course the new movie by the director of the witch, uh, Robert Eggers yeah. Uh, also I've seen a movie that you also watched I think uh, like longer ago is called Extremity yeah which we talked about briefly on uh, on WhatsApp it's I don't know it's I I expected so much worse because this is like. Uh, well, it's 4.4 4, uh, on uh, IMDb, so that's already a bad start. But it's uh, a low-budget movie about, uh, like, extreme haunted house, you could say. Like, 
uh, where a girl is sent there and like she she actually signs like these wafers that she uh she's not uh, uh she she doesn't wa uh, sue if anything happens to her and right. she's in for everything and it has some good twists to it like it's like they're on the on the one hand we have this girl in the haunted house who knows that this is all to make her be afraid and on the other hand we kind of get this behind the scenes um Uh, because uh, a Japanese camera team is following them around while they make this haunted house and there's a YouTube channel. And like, I like that a few times in the, in the movie, uh, the girl who's in this house actually says like, you have a YouTube channel. I know you're not going to kill me. I know this is fake, but they, they managed to do things that are convincing that I feel like, okay, maybe, uh, I would be scared too, even though I knew this was, uh, actually, uh, just fake. Right. Because they, they went places that were really well done. And um yeah, but uh it, it was still low budget. It it wasn't perfect. There were lots of flaws with it. But yeah, I I was really surprised when in like a scene on the television we get uh what's his name? Michael St. Michaels? Michael St. Michaels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A friend of uh, those movie guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh he's um He's just like a cameo for like a second. And I, I felt like, was that him? And I looked him up and yeah, it, it was him. He's just in a movie in the movie for like a split second. Right. And yeah, it's uh, that, that movie is, it's worth watching, I'd say. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, I, when you and I had talked about it, I had not, I haven't seen it in a while. I know, and maybe I wasn't even paying that close attention to when I did watch it. <laughs> But I do remember enjoying it, and there are, I feel like they got the ha the haunted house aspect right, and that's what you yeah. got to do to have a good haunted house movie. Like Hell House LLC, I think is one of the better haunted house movies. I really liked Hell, was it Hell House? Not Hell House, uh, Hellfest. Uh, oh, from, yeah, that, that's I think one you talked year. about a lot, yeah. Yeah, from last year was good, but yeah, I'm not, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. From what I remember, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, to, it's it's it. worth a watch. Yeah, and it it was fun. Yeah, it was good. I've uh, next up is another holiday horror movie. Like I said, I get into the holiday spirit pretty quickly, <laughs> and this one from the same year as a Christmas horror story, written and directed by Michael Daughtry, and that is, or maybe he didn't direct it. Maybe he no, I think he did direct it. Yeah, he directed it, wrote it, and directed. Krampus and uh, yeah. Michael Daughtry, probably most well known for doing trick or treat a movie. You and I have talked about many, many times over again. The, the man has a great eye for horror comedy, but very <sighs> subtle horror comedy. In this one, yeah. it's even some scenes aren't quite as subtle, but he does such a good job of blending the two together and making them approachable by almost anyone. They're not too scary. They're fun. Like trick or treat is fun. It's not. There's nothing in it that's over the top horrifying. Just like Krampus, it's got some really creepy moments, but there's nothing in it where I would feel bad about showing it to say a 13 year old. You know, Krampus yeah. is one step above Gremlins in a lot of ways. It's, yeah, it's, it's right there, almost at the same point as Gremlins, just a couple notches up. Yeah, that, that's a good explanation. What I really like about that movie is. Uh that they actually have an actress 
who is German and actually talks German when Speaking she talks German. German. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, especially like, not like Die saying hard. she's... Yeah. <laughs> or they were just all speaking nonsense. Yeah, well, they, they actually were speaking German just with a really hard accent. In, in, oh, see, in I, thought, I thought some of that, they were just making it up. I, I think maybe there's both. Like, I, I know there's like a, a few scenes where like uh, Hans Gruber actually talks in uh, in English, uh, in German. Yeah. Like with a big with a big accent, like it's still. Uh, es in mein Scheiße. Yeah. Es in mein yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's like I had problems understanding what he's saying in German, yeah. and with that one, she is actually German. She talks German, and that's that's always uh, good to have. Yeah, she. Was, yeah. I love her. I love the grandma in this movie. Yeah, I think I think she's and, great, and her whole sequence where she tells the story of what had happened and it's animated is so good i, I thought yeah, it was great the way that he pulled that into there and did that animated sequence and it worked really well yeah that, that's uh, really uh, well done and it's kind of like they they had something similar uh, like he did that uh, that short film before that 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 is in a similar way where maybe they uh, he first learned about it is when he made that season's greetings that first appearance of uh, uh, of uh, Sam, Sam from the trick or treat that so maybe he learned it from there also yeah, what's funny be. is that the uh, that the, the grandma uh, she's called Omi in the credits and um, Omi is just like a, a, a sweet version of Oma which is our thing for grandma oh really Oma yeah, wow, and so cool. she's just Omi. She's just his grandma. Yeah, and that's what he calls her. So, yeah, it's and I also I I really like the uh, the guy. What's his name? The main guy, uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah, I really like him, and I like uh, David uh, Kushner. He's oh, always he's so uh, good. He's always fun. He's yeah. always so good. <laughs> and, and, and this the, one is the as the kind of hillbilly with like the the big car and the the huge the guns. Hummer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Tony Collette is always amazing yeah, of she's course. always good and the uh, the actual krampus design in this movie is so good like they, yeah. he didn't spare any budget when he came to designing krampus and i like that and you've got all of these the the toys themselves are fucking nightmare shit like that huge <laughs> yeah. jack-in-the-box and you have the teddy bear the the crazy angel and then when omi like you said she's like elves the elves are here <laughs> And you just get elves crashing through the windows, pulling out. It, it's just a, a great Christmas horror movie. It's yeah, probably honestly sure. one of my one of my favorite Christmas horror movies. I was lucky enough to see it in the theater when it first came out. And when I left the theater, I wanted to watch it again almost immediately. I just had so much fun. It was just fun. A really it's, good time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just enjoyable. And like this is the the um the second movie of Michael Doherty. Like he started with Trick or Treat. In like I think that movie came out in two thousand seven was was made even earlier, and uh, then he didn't do anything for nine years uh, yeah. until he made uh, Krampus in two thousand fifteen, so eight years, and then two thousand nineteen. Have you seen Godzilla: King of the Monsters yet? Yes, really because good. Is it, is it good? I love it, but I'm an old school Godzilla fan. Where I don't people bitching about oh there's no plot there's no nothing. And my response to that is, have you ever seen a fucking Godzilla movie? <laughs> like, it's not about the plot. Outside of the original, that really was a reaction to the horrors that had happened in Japan during World War II. It was a commentary on that. But once you got into the later Godzilla movies, all I want is big monster fights. 
Just give yeah. me. And King of the Monsters did it so well. Did it so well. So it's it's not like that last Godzilla movie that was just like teases all the time. Like where you watch like two hours of movie and it's like 90 minutes of just teasing the fight and then moving the camera away right. at the last second. No, no, no. no. So, this one is this one's all monsters. And he's doing the <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong as well. Which <sighs> should be should be good. And then I was just looking or you know what? He wrote Godzilla versus Kong. He's not directing. But Trick or Treat 2 has been announced. Oh, he also uh, wrote, like, uh, Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. He wrote Superman... Uh, Returns. Uh, Returns, yeah. And he wrote X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And X2. So he's, like, he's almost, like, more of an he's accomplished more of a writer. writer than he is. Yeah, yeah, more of a writer than he is a director. But I like that the guy seems to just take on projects that he he wants to do and you know as far as directing goes if it takes him eight years to make a movie then take eight years whatever you yeah. want to do guy yeah for sure uh he's he's great and yeah uh uh krampus is great um how how much longer do you want to uh, go by the way i don't know I've, I've man we're, we're already at an hour and a half <laughs> Yeah, so uh, l let me just ask you for one more Christmas movie, if you've seen that, since we're just doing a chill talk anyway. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Rare Exports? Fuck yeah. So <laughs> huge, huge shout out to Sometimes Phil. He actually found me, I think it was at a bookstore or something like that. He found me a full-size Rare Exports poster and sent it to <laughs> me. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love Rare Exports. Rare Exports is great. Like the, all them naked old men elves running around, <laughs> so weird. It's oh, I I gotta rewatch that. I got it on DVD. Like I bought that when I got into movies, really. And uh, yeah, I still remember watching it for the first time. And like that, that's one um, where it's one of those. Uh, I think it's even one of the first ones of those that were um, based on a short movie that the director did. Yeah. So this one, I think that the short movie is like just like these, basically the ending of the of the full movie, where like these these packages are dropped everywhere and it's little Santas that are going around killing people. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the uh, the short, and they made a full movie that's setting all that up, and it's uh, where they had blown. They were what were they, they were mining for something? I don't remember what they were mining for. But they were up in that mountain and they end up releasing all the evil and all the reindeer end up getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> the, that kid with his friend. It's The movie is so much fun. So much yeah. fun. Yeah. There, there's so many fun Christmas horror movies. Oh, I could go on for days about Christmas horror. <laughs> even um, even though what was the one that I didn't really like was, uh, I liked it, but it was just such heavy <laughs> content, was Red Christmas. Did you see Red Christmas? Uh, no, that, that's also pretty new, right? I just yeah, saw like maybe uh, a year an ago. ad for that. Yeah, Dee Wallace was at an abortion clinic when she was younger and somebody bombed the clinic while her aborted baby never died and like comes back to their house and is like, love me, love me, <laughs> and is doing all these fucked up things. Okay, yeah, so that movie was added to Amazon Prime over here yesterday. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should watch it. <laughs> After you just said that it's the one the one Christmas horror movie that you don't like as no, much. No, no, no. I didn't I didn't say it. no, it's not that I don't like it. It's just heavy. It's really okay, okay. you know what I mean? It's not fun like Krampus. You're, uh, okay, you're dealing yeah. with an aborted fetus come back <laughs> to to talk to his mother. 
Yeah. It's, um, but that that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it was pretty fucked up. I and you know what? I only watched it the one time, so maybe I'll watch it again. Watch it again this year. And the remake of I think it was kind of a loose remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night that was just called Silent Night was pretty good from a few years back. All the creatures were stirring was good. The I started watching about half of that this morning. But yeah, there's a lot of good Christmas. Maybe we'll just pick a couple Christmas horror movies every week up until Christmas. Just do like, <laughs> Wait, uh, that, two first. that sounds just like throw one in. I, I got one more that I can throw in right away. Um, uh, now I just forgot that. Oh yeah, it's uh, called uh, Don't Open Till Christmas. Okay. Uh, which is one that I actually like found on a flea market for two uh, for two bucks and bought it just because it looked like it was a band movie and it turned out it was. <laughs> so this is the one and, from 1984. Um, I I think so. Yeah, it's uh, the let, let me look it up again. Oh the shit! Dr- and it's from the producers of Pieces. I love Pieces. That might be, yeah. It's it's a really cheap uh, slasher movie about a Santa slasher. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um, it's uh, the, the German title is Fröhliche Weihnacht, so Merry Christmas, basically. Okay. Um, which I think is also the German title of a Christmas story. So that's really confusing. <laughs> but yeah, this is the one from '84, and it's banned in Germany. It is kind of brutal, but it's also uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's I'll have to see if I can find that because I've never seen that. And you love Christmas horror, so. Uh, I love yes. regular Christmas movies too, though. <laughs> There's a lot of them that I'll watch, be watching. Like, It's a Wonderful Life next to probably Psycho and Halloween is one of my top favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I've only watched that one for the first time uh, this year. Why and did I-, I watch it this year? It's not even Christmas yet. I don't know. Oh, it looks like this Don't Open Till Christmas is on iTunes. <laughs> nice. So the, and I was going to ask you, we can maybe talk about it a little bit more. There is one episode of The Twilight Zone, a Christmas episode, that is one of my favorites. And I didn't know if we wanted to maybe do it out of order for the week right before Christmas. And I, I think we can do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's called Night of the Meek and it stars Art Carney from The Honeymooners. Ah, such a good episode. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. All right. But yes, we are going way over here. Already had an hour and a half. Talked probably 45 minutes about Star Wars, but that's okay. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's what, if it's what needs to happen, it happens. We're, yeah. we're so, free. It's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want to. So if you want to get into contact with us on all the social media platforms at IHOH Podcast, or you can email us directly, Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate that. That would be the best Christmas gift you could ever give us. Is a yeah, little bit, sure. a little review. It's free. You don't got to do anything. Just take two minutes of your time, write a little rate and review on there. So for the International House Forest Podcast, I've been Joe Murrow. And I've been Josh. And we'll be back next week with more things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre.